Here we are. We are in this final week of our series titled Getting Right with God and Money. Uh, and this has been kind of a, a wild and, and crazy ride for us. Um, if, let's take a look real quick at just where we've been. Uh, we started out in week one getting the right mindset about money. If you happen to miss that week, the recap is just this. It's not your money anyway. It's God's. That money doesn't belong to you. That money belongs to God. And when you get right with God, you can get right with your money. If you have the right mindset with your money, that will go a long way. You can get out of bondage to your money. Jesus said that you can't serve both God and money. You have to choose one or the other. We can't serve both of them. And I think in, in America today, unfortunately, there are so many Americans, even Christians, that are serving money rather than serving God. And so that's, that's really why we, why we wanted to do this series, why we thought this series was so important. Week two, we, we looked at what the Bible says about, about debt and, and really just how to attack that debt, to get after it, get it paid off. And then today we're going to finish up this, this three-week series by, by taking a look uh, at the gift of giving. Now, for those of you who want to dig a little bit deeper into this topic, if you go to pursuegod.org slash money, that will take you right to this site. This is the, the site for this particular sermon. You can see on there, you can, there's a workbook for, that'll take you through the whole series. There's also a link on there that will take you to a budgeting worksheet uh, or a spreadsheet. Super easy to use. You just put the numbers in and it, it puts in all the information for you. So if you've never done a budget, that's a great place to start. Uh, up there, you can always also see where it, where it circled. Uh, this is actually a five-week series, even though we're only doing three here in church, those final two weeks, that they get into more of the, the saving and the spending part of budgeting. But we want to encourage you guys to take those two weeks and do them either on your own or you can join one of the, the budgeting groups that's starting next week at our Riverdale campus. But we really encourage you to go through those, uh, those last two weeks with either a small group, somebody at home, or with that budgeting group. And so uh, maybe in, in, the, in those weeks, um, maybe you've been convicted a little bit about what we're doing with our money, about where our money goes, how it's spent, how to, how to, how to use it wisely. And so we thought this series w was so important to do that we really wanted to focus on that. And, and so now we're here in, in this series. And I just want to, before we get into this, I just kind of want to uh, say I know that this uh, can be a little bit of an awkward kind of thing to talk about at church, maybe a little bit uncomfortable or a lot uncomfortable for some of us. Just imagine being the one who has to be up here and, and talk about it. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys to show me a little bit of grace today as, as we go through this giving sermon. Uh, but before we get into it, let, let, let's take this to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for, for who you are, God. And, and, and I know that uh, this is something that is so important to you, God. And, and it's difficult to talk about. It's hard to talk about. So I pray that you would just, uh, you would cover this entire topic with your grace. God, that we can uh, understand why we do um, what we do here, God, why we give, why it's important to, to give to your kingdom, God. And so I pray that you would open hearts, soften hearts to that message. God, I pray that you would be here and lead us and, and guide us, God, that you would speak through me, that we would hear your words, your truth, not mine, God, but yours. So we lift this message up to you, God, in Jesus' holy name, amen. Okay, so uh, if we're ready to talk about giving, let, let's do this. Let's open our Bibles up to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, and before we get there, let me, let me just start with this. You know, Jesus talks about money a lot, okay? The Bible talks about money a lot. Jesus talks about giving, and it wasn't just to those who had extra funds laying around. It wasn't just to, to those who had, you know, couch change that they could go to and, and get. He actually, this, this message is for everybody, for every single 
believer. See, giving is a commandment for every believer. It's not just for the spiritual, it's not just for those who have the spiritual gift of giving. There are definitely people out there who, who, who excel uh, in, in, in giving. They, it's just kind of, it comes naturally, it comes easily for them, right? There are definitely people out there, but, but they aren't the only ones who are called to give. I think some of us, when we hear this, this particular topic, and you're like, well, I don't, I don't have any extra money, so <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let other people do the giving, right? I'll let the people with extra money take care of the giving. Maybe you uh, were really impacted by last week's message about getting out of debt. Maybe you're one of those people, like most Americans, who are crippled by debt, and you thought, I'm going to do this. I'm excited. I'm going I'm to pay off my debt. I'm going I'm to attack my debt, and now I really don't have anything left over to give. I want to caution you, okay? Giving is not just something that only the debt-free people can do or only the wealthy people can do, okay? Now, if you are wealthy and you are a giver, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, but this message is for every single follower of Jesus, every single one of us. So let's, let's go to God, God's Word. Paul, he, he writes uh, this, this to the church in, in, in Corinth. This is 2 Corinthians. So this is the second letter that he has sent to the Corinthian believers. If you know anything about the church in, in, in Corinth, they were a little bit messed up, but here's what Paul has to say. He says, now I want you to know what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. See, Paul, he's writing this letter and he says, hey, I want you guys to know these, these, these other churches in Macedonia, churches like in Philippi, churches uh, in, in Thessalonica, they're, they're poor, but they have, and they have their own issues, but they still gave. They still gave, and they gave more than they could afford, and they have overwhelming joy because of that. Seems like we have a little bit of, of a con contradiction here, right? It says they're very poor, and yet they were very generous. They're very poor, and yet they were very generous. So again, you don't have to be wealthy to be a giver. You can be generous no matter how much money you have or how little money you have. Now, a little bit more of a, a backstory here for those who, who might not know exactly what's, what's going on here. This, this, the church in Jerusalem, the Christians in Jerusalem were, were struggling. Okay, they were, they were struggling big time. There was famine in the land, and there were, there were, there were tons of disadvantaged Christians, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of this Jerusalem church. And, and this is during the time when when Paul is out doing his, his missionary work, he's out on his, uh, all the missionary journeys that we read about in the book of Acts. And so uh, Paul, one of the messages that he had for the people of God there is, hey, your, your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem are in desperate need. Your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem desperately need you. And so one of the things that he was doing was taking up a collection. And he's taking up a, a collection for this church in, in Jerusalem. That's the context for this. Like he's, he's, he's saying, I already sent you an invitation. Paul had already written, right, we're in 2 second, second Corinthians, he had already written them the first letter, 1 Corinthians, and he had already asked them, he had already given them an invitation to give to their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. Unfortunately, they, they didn't give, but you know who did give? The Philippians, the Thessalonians. These guys all gave, even when they didn't have anything to give. We don't actually even have any scriptural evidence that Paul asked them to give. They were broke, they were poor, they were dealing with their own issues, and so, and so maybe Paul gave them a pass, he didn't ask them, but here's the point, whether Paul asked them or not, those who were less fortunate had already given. They had already been 
generous. And those with wealth, the people in Corinth were very wealthy, they hadn't given. So this is a lesson for, for all of us. Right now, uh, here at Alpine, we have six English-speaking campuses. We have two Latino campuses. We have people from all different walks of life, all different socioeconomic statuses. And God has done so many amazing things here at Alpine. So many amazing things. My wife and I came to, to faith here at Alpine. Our goal here is, is to reach the lost and to help people pursue God. And I'm a product of that. I saw that happen in my very own life right here at Alpine. And God can and he will continue to do amazing things through Alpine Church. But the reality is your giving is what makes that mission possible. Your giving is what allows us to launch new ministries like the Alpine Cares Ministry. Your giving is what allows us to build new buildings and move and, and reach more lost people. I'm a genuine believer that every single one of us should be a giver to our home church. The second biggest check, if you know what a check is, the second biggest payment that my wife and I make every single month is our giving. And I don't say that to say, oh, look at me, look, look, look what I'm doing. I'm say, I say that because I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I believe that every one of us should be a giver. I'm not just standing on a soapbox asking everyone to do what I wouldn't do myself. Imagine if every single Alpiner was a giver. Imagine what we could do. Imagine what kind of impact we would have. Think about this. Your budget is a litmus test for your heart. Your budget is a litmus test for your heart. I know it's a pretty bold statement, but I, I believe it's true. See, we talked about this a little bit in, in week one of our series, but if you took the top five things on your budget, if you took the top five things on, on, on that list, it doesn't matter what you say, those are the things that you care most about. Those top five things on your budget are the things that you care most about. So is your giving to Alpine, is your giving to the kingdom of God, is it, is it on there? Does it make the top five? Your budget is a litmus test for your heart. I'm not the only one who, who believes this. Paul, look what he says about the Macedonians. He says, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Paul's saying all we asked them to do was follow Jesus. All we asked them to do was, was be believers, but they, they went above and beyond. They, they proved where their heart was when they wanted to give. This is why we're, we're calling this series Getting Right with God and Money, because we believe that when you're right with God, the more in love with God you are. The more you end up giving to the, the, the kingdom of God, it represents how, what your love for, for Jesus. See, Jesus, he actually said it a little, bit, a little bit differently. We saw this in week one, but I think it's worth repeating. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. See, giving is, is, is kind of like a, a thermometer. All right, bear with me. It's kind of like a thermometer, right? A thermometer, it measures the, the temperature in the room, so your, your giving is, is a measurement of the temperature in your heart. See, but Jesus flips that around a little bit, right? Jesus is kind of coming from a different angle. Jesus is saying the, 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 the more you give, the more you will be in love with that thing. Okay, so really, giving is kind of like a thermostat, right? You turn up the thermostat in the room, the, 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 the temperature goes up with it. So the more you give, the more you will be in love with that thing. So if you don't get anything else from today's sermon, just remember the giving is a thermometer and a thermostat. Okay? You can take that home with you. 
So here's my challenge to you guys. For, for those of you who maybe are, are struggling right now with, with your relationship with God, one of the most practical things you can do, probably one of the easiest things you can do is to step out and give. Check Jesus on, on, on what he says. Is that where your desires are? Is that where your heart is? Step out and give and see if what Jesus says is true. And I can tell you Jesus only speaks the truth. So I know that this will work in your life. As you give more, you'll fall more and more in love with God. Parents, you can do this with, with your kids as they see you give, as, as you set the example of, of giving. They learn a, 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 a valuable lesson in life that they can take with them that will help them grow and help them fall more and more in love with God over time. Sadly, what happens is, is people aren't right with their money. They're not right with their budget. They're selfish when it comes to this kind of thing, and, and then what happens is, is they drift. They start to drift further and, and, and further away from God. That's exactly what Paul warned us about in his letter to, to Timothy, and he said, the love of money is the root of every kind of evil. Probably one of the most misquoted verses of all times. Right? People often say that money is the root of evil. It's, it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and that's so true. That's why this series is so important. So let's get, let's get practical with it. Here's a, a challenge for you guys. I want you guys to leverage the power of habit for God's purposes, not our pleasure. Okay, leverage the power of, of habit to, for God's purposes, not for our own pleasure. This is where we're talking about budgeting. Many of you just need to sit down and say, let's do this. Let's make a budget. Let's be honest about where we are. Let's be honest about what we have. Let's do and, and commit to a budget. And probably what's gonna happen is you're gonna be shocked by all the things that are above God. Especially if you've never done a budget before. You're gonna be shocked by all the things that are above God. Now this, this goal isn't, isn't meant to make you guys feel guilty or to beat yourself up over it, but it's to sit down and say, let's get better. Let's do better at this. Then you can start leveraging the power of habit. Habits got you to where you are today, good or bad, and good habits can get you to an even better place. So to budget right, we, we, have, to, we, we have to set priorities, right? So this, is, this, this encompasses those lessons four and five, those last two weeks as well, but the, the Christian budgeting priorities should be give, save, and spend in that order. Give, save, and spend. Most budgeting books or seminars or, or webinars or anything that you would read about budgeting, they don't even have that top one in there. They don't have give. They have save and spend, but they don't have give in there. But if you're a follower of Jesus, giving should be your first priority. Giving should be your first priority. That doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be your highest number, but it should be a priority. So we give, we save, and we spend. So real quick, let's, let's take a look at, at the first letter that Paul sent to the Corinthians. He said, on the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money that you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. Okay, so Paul's telling them what, he, what he's saying in, the, in this first letter is, is, he says, hey, your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, they need help. Okay, and I'm going to be coming to, to Corinth pretty soon, so I want you guys, don't wait until I get there to take up an offering. I want you guys to start giving now. I want you guys to get in the habit now so when I get there, it's ready to go. 
So he offers them, he, he invites them to take part of, of what's going on. Now, apparently the, the Corinthians, they didn't heed his advice, right? Which is why he kind of has to give them a little reprimand in, in, in 2 Corinthians. So let us not be a people who procrastinate in our giving. Let us heed Paul's warning and, and start to give now. Get in the habit now. Don't wait for that emergency to come. Don't wait for that, that need to arise. Just get in the habit now. If we go back to, to 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, he says, since you excel in so many ways in, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. See, so the people in Corinth aren't completely horrible, right? Paul's building them up. He said, you, you guys have a lot going for you. There's so many good things that are going for you right now, but I also want you guys to excel in this act of giving. See, Paul wasn't afraid to challenge the Corinthians to step up their giving. Paul was kind of the, the founding pastor uh, of, of these churches, and, and so I want to share with you what, what Pastor Brian said. Br pastor Brian, Brian Dwyer is, Brian Dwyer, uh, is the founding pastor here at Alpine. I want to share with you what he said about giving. He says, when Tracy and I planted Alpine 20 years ago, we were hesitant to talk about giving because we didn't like how it came across. We didn't want people to think that we were like those fancy televangelists with their fancy hair and their shiny teeth. But we wanted to make sure that people didn't have this sense that we were making it about money or that we were doing that thing that a lot of seekers, non-Christians, atheists, and agnostics would say, that whole religion is just about swindling people and trying to take their money. And I'll admit that for me, when I first started 20 years ago, it was hard for me to challenge people to give. But I'm happy to report that's not the case anymore. I don't know if it's just something that happens in age, but I know that what giving has done for me. We see what it did for the Macedonian churches. It created an abundant joy in their life, and that's been true for Tracy and myself. It frees me from bondage to my stuff. It allows me to own my stuff instead of my stuff owning me. And I want people to hear that message. I want every Alpiner to step up and start giving. Yes, it's going to benefit Alpine Church. It's going to benefit our campuses and our growth and all that. And of course, we want to pay the bills, but that's not my primary motivation. My primary motivation is to be obedient to God. And I want to challenge you to be obedient to God, to step up and give. And that's why Paul speaks so clearly to the church in Corinth. He says, I want you to excel in this gracious act of giving. See, as a church as a whole, as all of Alpine, we actually fall below average in this country as far as giving goes. That's not meant to, to make anyone feel guilty. That's just simply a stat, okay? It's not indicative of, of how good of Christians we are. I know that many of you are already givers. I know many of you are already givers, and we absolutely don't want this message to sound unappreciative towards you. That's 100% not what this, is, what this is about, but we share Paul's heart in this. And so we're challenging you. We're challenging everyone. If you're not a giver yet, become a giver. If you already give, step it up. Okay, we want to challenge everybody with this. Look what Paul says, verse 9. Maybe. Thank you. Chapter 9, verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's not the verse I wanted to go to. Can we go back to 6 and 7? I apologize. There we go. This is what Paul says. He says that later. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, 
And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Listen, if you are giving simply because the pastor says so, or if you resent making that payment every month, just don't. We would say, hold on to your money. Keep your money. God wants a, a cheerful giver. You should, you should have prayerfully considered what you're giving, and you should have decided in your own heart that you can give without guilt, without pressure, without regret, without resentment. Jesus wants a cheerful giver. So don't give out of obligation. Don't give just because we said to. Now you'll notice in the, in the sermon we haven't talked about tithing. Right? We don't actually teach the tithe here at Alpine Church. We don't necessarily see the, the tithe as something that is commanded in Scripture, but that was more of a, it was more of a principle uh, in the Old Testament. So we don't, we don't think that principle is something that should be dogmatically taught in the church today, and, and that's why for 20 years here at Alpine we, we, we haven't taught tithing. We don't even pass the bucket around at our campuses, right? We believe that a giver is going to give whether or not you put a bucket in front of them. But the reason we don't teach the tithe is because we don't think that God just wants a flat 10%. We don't think that that's what God is after when he, when he asks his, his church to, to, to give. We think if we set that as a, as a benchmark, that becomes a goal. And then you're like, well, well once I hit that 10%, I'm done, I'm good, I can check that off. Right? So we don't, we don't want that to be the, the, the end goal for everyone. So don't think that you have to give 10% for it to count. Don't think that you have to be right at 10% for God to accept your giving, but do give. Even if it's 1%, 2%, give sacrificially, give in proportion to your income, give what you feel is right between you and God. And then make it a habit. And give a little more. Over time, grow that habit. Excel in the grace of giving. Give 1% and then 2% and then 5%. Lacey and I, we didn't start out with a specific percentage, okay? We gave what we could. And then we gradually said, let's give more. Let's give more. Over time, let's, let's give a little more. And for, for those of you that haven't started yet, just, just start at 1%. For those of you that, that are already comfortable with, it, with a tithe with that 10%, maybe it's time to go 12 or, or 14. But God has called us to excel in our giving. That's what Paul means when he says, I want you to grow. I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. So let's now go to that verse. I, I already did it. Spoiler alert for you guys. Like, I think that this, this, this verse is, is, is so helpful, especially for those who are, who are stressed out, right? Maybe, maybe you uh, were watching the lesson from last week and, and, and the whole debt thing, and, and you're crippled with debt. You're surrounded by debt, and it's weighing you down. And so really, this, this is, is a word of encouragement for all of us. It says, and God will generously provide all you need, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This has been true in, in my life. I could share story after story of times where God has, has showed up, especially in our early budgeting journey. God has showed up over and over and over in our life. So this is the good news that God will always provide. But here's how God provides. He provides through givers. God provides for his church through Givers, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you want to pursue God with your whole heart, if you've signed up for this thing, then we want to invite you, we want to, we want to challenge you to grow in the act of giving. I want to end with, with one more verse. I unfortunately don't have a slide for this one. This comes from uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. 
It says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I think this should always be our heart when it comes to giving. It should always be our heart when it comes to giving. I love receiving gifts. <laughs> I do. I'll admit it. I'll throw myself out there. And I've had some pretty cool gifts over the years, but, but none of those gifts even come close to the joy of giving and making an impact in someone's life. Receiving something doesn't even come close to the feeling you get when you impact someone's life. We can see that in our own lives, right? When, even if you have children, if you've give, ever given your child a gift, just the, the expression on their face, the joy that they get from that, as a parent, that joy is, is overwhelming for us. We see that. And so now imagine impacting somebody's life for Jesus. Imagine impacting somebody's life and, and, and bringing them to faith. See, Jesus is a giver. We're following a giver. And so we should give like Jesus gave. We could never outgive him. We could never repay him for the gift that he gave us when he went to the cross. But out of love, out of joy, we should say, hey, it's, it's not even my money. God, it's your money, so help me to be a giver. God, help me to grow in giving. And that's our challenge for every one of you today. Let's pray together. God, thank you for, for who you are, for being a generous and gracious God. God, for, for setting the example for us, God, and, and showing us the way. God, we can never give in the way that you've given. But God, I pray that we would, we would be a church who want to step up and, and, and try, God, that we want to follow that path that you've set for us, God, that, that when we give, we would have visions, God, we would know of the impact we're making. God, I pray that every one of us would have a heart for what Alpine is doing, God, for our, our mission, God, to reach lost people, God, to help people pursue you. God, the, the, there are so many lost people here, especially in Utah, God, that we, could, that we could impact, God. And so I just pray that that would be our, our, our goal. God, I pray that for anybody who struggles with, with giving, I know it's a hard topic. I, I know that not everybody has extra money so just sitting around that, that they, they can give, God, but I, I pray that we would make this a priority. And God, you promise that you'll give us what we need. It may not always be what we want, God, but you promise to take care of us and you say that we'll have enough left over to share. So God, I pray that we could, we could challenge that, that process, God, that we could, we could take you up on your word, God. We could step out of our, our comfort zone. We could step out in faith and lead, and God, and, 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 and give in the way that Jesus gave. So God, thank you for, for who you are, God, for all you do for us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Okay, so it is Communion Sunday, so as we, we take this last song, hopefully you grabbed a communion cup on your way in. If you didn't, Mark's in the back there. He's got some extra ones. You can raise your hand. He'll bring you one. Uh, super easy. There's two little flaps on there. You pull back the first flap. You get to the, the bread. You get to the, and then you pull back the second flap to, to get to the juice. Uh, and, and we do this. All we ask is that you are a follower in Christ. You don't have to be a member here at Alpine or anything. You know, Jesus did this when he sat down with his disciples at the, at the Last Supper. 
the bread represents his body that was broken for us. The juice represents the blood that he spilled for us. And so I, I would invite you today that during this last song, you would take some time to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. This is, this is how we're forgiven of our sins. This is how we're made clean by what he did on the cross for us. So let's take some time to remember that as the worship team plays. Thank you.